guys. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Parking Lot Podcast. We're excited to have you this week. We got Kyle, Logan, Stuart, and myself, Austin, so we got the full game today. We're going to be going over some of the teams in the NBA, some of the trends we're seeing right now. Um, but some good games last week and some good things to catch up on. We're going to go through a segment called This or That, where we're going to break down some players and some teams and kind of hear our consensus of this or that. And then we're going to look at the All-Star game coming up this weekend, the Skills Challenge, three-point contest, dunk contest, pick some winners and, uh, and deep dive into it. So let's, uh, let's get started. We are the first week of March, officially into March. All-Star game this weekend. Suns are a two seed. NBA Life is good. is good right now, baby. Life, Life is, is good. good. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was fun last night. We got to start with that Suns game just real quick. That Booker ejection was the softest ejection I've seen in a long time. But uh, I didn't realize Dario Saric is a future Hall of Famer. And <laughs> uh, yeah, two seed feels good. Two seed feels really good. It's been a long time since the Suns have been a two seed, a legitimate two seed. (laughs) You're saying you take it, huh? You'd be okay with that? We'll definitely (laughs) take it. It's fun. It's been fun. But uh, let's let's get into some trends outside of just the Suns and and who's kind of hot, who's not. Uh, We want to get into some recent rumblings, trade deadlines coming up right after the All-Star break. Um, You know, we got to start, though, with our, our favorite team, not the New Orleans Pelicans and Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> we will get into them. Um, but Sacktown, man, what's what's going on in Sacktown? Is Luke the next coach to get fired? Uh, that meltdown they had the other night is just <laughs> – I happen to be watching it. I, I, I turned it on with like three minutes left. I was lucky because Charlotte was down. This was a Charlotte-Sacramento game. Charlotte was down eight points. I think gave up a clear path foul with like a minute 10 left. So Buddy Heald had two free throws and they were going to get the ball back. I think it was a clear path foul. So I mean, they could have gone up 10 with the ball back with just over a minute left. Right. And they lost that game in regulation. I have no idea. I, I, I watched the whole thing. I have no idea how it happened. It was one of the most miraculous meltdowns I've ever seen. I think the Kings missed like eight of their last nine free throws they took. But man, I don't know if there's a worse spot right now than Sacramento. It's just, it's all bad. It is all bad. I um, mean, yeah, it's it's been really rough for them. And I don't think anyone would be like surprised to see Luke Walton get fired. Um, it might still be a little early because this is only like a second year. So like maybe like they want to give him, like this is year two for him, right? I'm I pretty it sure. Longer. I thought, I was going to say, this might be year three now. Is it? Yeah. I need to double check. Question. Let me, I'll look it up for you while you're while you're. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because like that's that's the thing that I keep coming back to is like how long like do you really give him um, before he you know before you really like just you know take out of that situation and everything because um, you kind of like you have to be able to like give a coach like some time. But I mean, I mean, you know, here in Phoenix like, we saw Igor you know leave after one year and everything, but. I don't think that, you know, this is as bad as, you know, the Suns were then. But, I mean, maybe, maybe it is worse than I think. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, 
Igor might get a head coaching spot after um, this next week or so. Is he still on the bench for the for the Kings? No, I, I know he was an assistant. He took a job. He took a job in like Europe or wherever. I think. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Istanbul or somewhere like that. Right. Well, anybody anybody would be better than Luke Walton at this point. Yeah, I think he's had a relatively long leash. Personally, like it's been bad for a while. Like he came in, Dave Yeager was coaching that team, and that's when they almost made the playoffs. They fired right. him after one season when they were scratching the door of the eighth seed, and it's just been all downhill ever since. So, I I see no reason why not to cut him loose at this point. It's I mean those kind of losses are just just demoralizing. Like this team's done. If they had any like chance of sniffing that like nine ten seed, try to play in a playing tournament, like at least under this regime, under this coaching staff, like those are the kind of losses that just completely murder a season. Like there's a gaping hole in the ship and it's sinking after that. It, it was so bad. I could not believe it. Yeah. And this is Luke Walton's second season. I, yeah. I double checked. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he's only, this is only his second year. Um, yeah. Cause he was hired in April of 2019 was when he got on with the Kings. So he hasn't, you know, been with them very long and you know, I, and it's so weird. Cause like, you know, they finally, you know, they got Teddy Talbert who's looked really good. And there's been all the, like this weird stuff between like Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley, like over the last two years between them and coaching or front office or whoever, you know, just been kind of like some weird beef between some of these players. So it's definitely been really strange and everything. So yeah, it's been, it's been rough over in Sacktown for sure. Yeah. It's been pretty bad. Um, so not only Sacktown, we've seen a couple. I mean, we're we're talking about uh, we're talking about Luke Walton potentially getting fired, but that's that's kind of coming on the heels of a couple coaches that have already been fired that we wanted right. to hit. Um, we saw Ryan Saunders lose his job in Minnesota, which that was a long time coming. I mean, yeah, that nice. team is just miserably bad. It is just it's painful to watch them play. Like they're in games. It's a tie game. It happened with Phoenix the other night, but. I was watching them tonight. They're playing Charlotte and they're in all these games until like halfway through the third quarter. And they find a way to lose by 35 points. Yeah. I'm like, how do you, how do you do that? How do you go from like a four point game middle of the third to losing by 30, but they do it consistently. I don't think Chris Finch has won with them yet. Um, and then Lloyd Pierce just lost his job in Atlanta. So let's get some thoughts on those two firings and the state of those franchises real quick. Yeah. So I want to talk about the Saunders um, firing and I've, I've kind of predicted that for a long time. Like I, I, I feel like as a group we've, we've talked about, like, I don't know how he survives much longer. Um, but I think that what really sums it up is when Ricky Rubio, who I think we have a lot of respect for the player after mm-hmm. his time in Phoenix, like he, he really did help establish the culture and like professionalism and just what it, what it takes to win on a given on an every night basis. Like I think he really helped propel that idea for the Suns. And the quote that he had, I don't have the exact quote ahead of me in front of me right now, but he made the comment that like, he's like, we're not like, we're not building anything right now. Like, he's like, there's nothing that's being built here. Like, and I think that's pretty, I don't know what the word is. I think that's pretty, um, pretty serious, pretty revealing, revealing, damning about where that organization is. Like, it's, they're just like, if you're not building anything, then what's the point? Like, if you're losing a lot of games and getting young players and young picks, like, What's the, what's the point if these players aren't building and growing? And we saw that with Phoenix. We saw that, like, we, how many young players did we have who just, like, weren't successful and weren't growing? And you, you get a superstar like Devin Booker who would be a superstar in any system he ever went to because he's that great and that talented. But if you're not building something, I, I, I have no problem with them 
firing Saunders in the middle of the year and making a change right now, because if you're not building something, I mean, what, what, what else are you doing? You're just going out there and losing games just to lose games. Uh, it's a tough situation, but I actually kind of like the direction they're going with Finch. I think he's going to be really good for him. Yeah, the, the Ryan Saunders thing is, is really interesting because he, he basically just got that job because of flip, right? Like yeah. flip had such a big pull in Minnesota and such a big, good relationship with the owner and, and everything. So he, he basically just got that job because of flip and it's just been, he's not his dad. Like at the end of the day, like he, he he's not his dad and, and it showed Minnesota's had plenty of talent to be better than what they are now, whether or not they're a playoff team. Obviously I don't think they are, but Carl Anthony Towns is a top three center in the league and probably a top 10 talent um, in the league. And then just got the number one overall pick D'Lo. I know he's been in and out of the lineup this year, but like, I mean, at, at the end of the day, you just have to kind of look up and down the roster and, and say, we should be better than this. And we're not. And I think, I think that was the deciding factor to letting him go. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I'm still, there's a whole controversy with Chris Finch versus, um, I, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but I think he was an assistant Vanderpool. coach on their bench. Vanderpool. Yeah. Yeah. I know right. Dame and CJ went to bat for him on Twitter. And so he interviewed for the Suns one year as well. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of a weird situation. Like you're stepping into controversy from day one. And I think he's Owen five or Owen six now. Like I know it's a head coaching job in the NBA. They're li- it's a limited number of jobs. So like if you have the opportunity to take it, I don't fault Chris Finch at all for taking that job as bad as Minnesota is. Um, you know, and I'm stealing this from another podcast. It might've been Zach Lowe's podcast, but I can't think of a worse coaching gig to step into than that one right now in a long time. Truly. Like it's not only a terrible team with terrible culture. I mean, they have talent. Like you got to give them that. They have a lot of young talent too. Yeah. They have a bright future. They, if they, if but, they get built correctly, they, they have a good, they have a good core. They do. They do. Absolutely. Um, it's just, you're stepping into like a kind of a controversial situation already I don't know. I feel bad for him. It's, it's crazy. Um, but uh, Atlanta, let's talk Atlanta real quick. I thought Lloyd Pierce got, I, I thought he got kind of a raw deal. Um, it, I know they had these expectations playoff or bust going into this year. They spent all this money, but we all talked about it. Like Rondo, that was never going to push you to like winning more regular season games. They've had a lot of injuries. DeAndre Hunter was so good. And then he got hurt. I, I don't know. I just felt like there was this, weird narrative that like we have to win immediately with Trey Young and I think Trey Young was kind of pushing that like I want to be in the playoffs this year like I'm all for young guys wanting to win having watched Devin Booker struggle and not even come close to the playoffs for his first five six years of his career like that sucks I understand Trey's desire to want to win but it all felt so manufactured and kind of premature and it's totally blown up in their face now where they spent all this money you're firing maybe not a great coach, but a guy that I don't think got a truly fair shot. And it, it's, it's just really ugly there right now. I don't know. Yeah, Kyle, I totally agree. I think that, I think he did get shafted a little bit. I think that he, you know, with the cards he was dealt and everything, um, I thought he had been doing a pretty decent job. And Atlanta's had a, quite a few injuries or COVID things happen this year. So like they haven't had like, they're like the best pieces of the roster all together, hardly at all this season. So I felt like that was kind of unfair to do that in the middle of the season when there were 
have been injuries and there have been health and safety protocols that they have to follow. Like with all this stuff going on, I didn't feel like that was fair for him. Um, but I, I completely agree. I think a lot of this came down to front office slash Trey, um, you know, pushing this agenda a little bit quicker than, you know, what they were ready for. Yeah. Medium heat take here. Um, I, I think we need to take a quick look at, or, a careful look at Trey Young's career going forward. I don't think this is going to be the first coach he's, that gets fired with him being a star player on a team. Ooh, I like and, that. And I think the, his style of play and his stubbornness and inability to move the ball and it's 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 just indicative of coaches getting fired. I think I think it's Kobe without the talent. I think early early years Kobe without the talent and. I think it's going to be a problem for coaches going forward. I would not want to coach Trey Young going forward. I think it's interesting because he's already kind of rubbed teammates the wrong way from what some reports show. And I don't want to read too far into it. Like he's a good young talent. Sure. But like I think he's a good kid overall. It's yeah. Like he didn't make the all-star team after putting up big numbers this year. He started last year. Like that's a, I mean, it's a pretty big dichotomy, like year to year go from starting the all-star game to like, kind of being overlooked and i didn't even feel like there was a lot of buzz for like he was snubbed like how'd you not let him in like Mm. it was kind of across the board like yeah yeah last year was probably a bit of an overreaction um and with reports that some players don't necessarily want to play with him or don't enjoy playing with him coaches getting fired like that's a startling trend and that's a kind of dangerous path like you're saying Stu. i think that's a good take um that this definitely will not be the first coach that gets fired because of Trey Young. So I don't want to, I don't want to get too deep into it necessarily, but with when you're looking at the moves that they made in the off season versus um, just the talent that they had on the court and looking at coaching and getting the most out of these players. um, I think the blame is probably pretty, pretty balanced. I think that there's some moves that you could criticize, but is there any like, so what, what's the situation with the general manager? How long does that last? Or yeah. what's the what's like what's the situation going forward with with Travis Schlink is, is the general manager do they do they look them do they look to make a move in the offseason? do they give him one more year um, how do how do how do you think that looks because he he made some moves that are pretty questionable and they've also had some injuries so it's like Lloyd Pierce got a bad deal but there's players who aren't playing well under him either so I, I don't know what the it's tough to tough to gauge yeah it so it was kind of interesting I was listening to. Um, I think it was Bill Simmons talking about um, Atlanta, you know, and all this happening and everything. And one of the things he kind of brought up, he's like, he's like, I think it's kind of unfair that coaches always get fired before the GMs when more often than not, like it's the general manager's like fault more often than not that like of these problems, you know, like, was it really, you know, like his fault that like he wasn't coaching his team to like what they should have been with the roster that he had in front of him. I mean, he had a really talented roster, but like they still weren't winning, you know, but there were other things to that. But he just kind of was talking about this idea that like the fact that like coaches like get fired and then like, you know, the off season later, okay, now general manager is going to get fired or whatever, you know, and, right. and how oftentimes it's more the GM's fault for not putting the right team together, but the coaches get the blunt of that. So I, I think that was kind of interesting that you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, Logan. I think it's a little counterintuitive. Um, mm-hmm. But if you do just look from the GM perspective, from the GM standpoint, just go back to that 2018 draft. It is such a polarizing draft. 
mostly because of Luca. But you look at who went number one overall, DeAndre Ayton, passing on Luca. Ryan McDonough lost his job, GM of the Suns, right? You look at Vlade Divac, Marvin Bagley, too, passed on Luca. Vlade Divac lost his job. And you look at the Hawks, even trading back for Trey Young, even though Trey Young's been good, Travis Schlenk may legitimately lose his job because he traded out of that spot where they could have drafted Luca. And so and we've seen two other GMs lose their job for passing on Luca. And like, it's not a far cry to think that Travis Schlenk could be next, even though that they probably did better than the other two teams, the other two general managers that were fired. Um, it's just kind of one of those unforgivable sins of the NBA of being a GM. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting. So, um, cause when you in the same podcast or it was a different one I was listening to, but, they were kind of look, you know, comparing Luca and Trey a little bit, and they were kind of like looking at Dallas's situation and Atlanta's situation, and they look at it. And it's like, like out of the two, like yeah, like Luca's like the better player. He's gonna be, you know, he's gonna have the better career. But then, like you look at like their supporting cast around him, and like you would look at Atlanta, and I, I would way prefer to have Atlanta's like lineup and like their, you know, their other starters, their bench like over Dallas hits like Dallas has like Dallas's biggest problem has been getting the right guys around Luca Atlanta went over here and tried to build everything around Trey. It didn't really get the right pieces. Um, but it's interesting to kind of like see the difference. And it's like, if you literally just like, like kind of swapped them to like, like imagine like Luca with the setup that Atlanta has been able to get around Trey would oh, be like, yeah. would be unreal. Like they would be very, very good. And Dallas just hasn't been able, you know, they, they took a shot in KP, but they really haven't been able to like get that structure and that help supporting Luca that he really needs. Yeah, I agree. Josh Richardson's kind of been a mixed bag and mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of been interesting, but um, let's, let's look at some other real quick teams just trending upwards or downwards. Uh, I know Utah lost again tonight. I, <laughs> Any opportunity to hammer down, I just I love it. Like, I mean, I gotta respect. It's been such a good, it's been such a good start to the season for them. They've lost a couple of close games. Like they they lost to a a good Philly team in overtime. Yeah, I want to react to it, but we knew they'd come back down to earth a little bit. Like they weren't gonna win another nineteen out of twenty games. Nobody would. Um, um, they're not like the seventy three win Warriors team by any stretch. Um, obviously Phoenix is red hot right now. They're beating everybody. They're taking names. They're the second overall seed in the entire NBA. Um, what other teams have stuck out to you as far as trending upwards or downwards, just real quickly? So if you look in the Eastern Conference, the Knicks have won seven of their last Yes. So New York. Yeah, they're, they've been great they to see. Trade, they made that trade for Derrick Rose, and it's really worked out for him. Like they kind of got criticized because they have a lot of guards that like are, are nice players. Um, and it's, it's worked out really well for him. He's looked really good. It's just, I will say it is funny them being at 18 and 18 at a 500 record. They would be, I think the 11th seed in the West right now. (laughs) So like they're a fifth seed in the East. And I feel like Nick's fans are like, let's go. We're all on board. (laughs) And they've been really good recently. No question, but it's just. We're partying on 34th street every night, dude. You're getting the hot takes again on the internet, dude. They're, they're back in full action, man. All the trolls are back. It's hilarious, but truly the NBA is good with them. Like I'm happy to see the Knicks doing well. It's fun to have them like be relevant again, especially with like a fun, happy team. 
It is awesome. I wore my real quick. I wore my son's jersey out today, and I saw oh, a bunch yeah. of Knicks fans, and we kind of had this mutual respect. Like <laughs> we're doing it, baby. <laughs> like you deserve this. I deserve this. <laughs> Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like a, it's a little salute, you know. That's fun. hilarious, man. That's awesome, though. It's so great. Well, it's good that you were wearing that Suns jersey because New York's going to be Devin Booker's new home, right? <laughs> oh man, if you haven't seen that video, just don't even. Don't look it up for your mental health. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Another team that, um, and we've kind of mentioned them, and I think we all know like why it's happening, but I mean, the Rockets, man. Houston has lost 13 games in a row. Yeah. You got to mention. I mean, it's brutal, man. It's it's so rough. And it's like, and they have been just like ravaged by injuries and COVID and everything. Like they had like, I think eight, maybe nine players that were eligible to play tonight. And, um, and I mean, and mo- and like a good chunk of them are still like their starters, which is good, but like you just can't play very well when you only have eight guys, like, and they're just going, you know, every single day, just back, yeah. that's yeah. Like back to backs and everything. So it's, it, I, I feel really bad for them. Like they just, man, they are in free fall right now. That's, that's a contention for hardest coaching job if you're going to have one that like that, that rivals sure. um, the Minnesota job, shoot, sure. man, Stephen Silas heart goes out to that guy. That's tough. Yeah, gonna, let's pour one out for that guy, dude. That's, yeah. that's brutal. I have another um, team real yeah, quick. Go ahead. Shout out. We haven't, we haven't played this team this year and I'm really, really curious to match up with them, but San Antonio, man, they are just, they, Ooh. they are the team that nobody is talking about. Yeah. Um, and they, they just continue to win. Like, I see highlights of them, and I, I keep my eye on, I would say, 90% of the league. I'm watching videos and stuff. But it's not the same as watching these these whole games. Um, and they just keep winning, man. They're the fifth seed in the West right now. And they just – they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. They've been super consistent. They're they're fun to watch, man. They're they're impressive. Like, I, I don't know. So they're, I kind of felt like they'd eventually fall out of this, and I don't know if they're they're going to. Like, I really don't know. They're really interesting because, like you said, they are really consistent, but they do it in inconsistent ways, if that makes sense. Because sure. Pop has so many different lineups and guys that play big minutes night in and night out. Outside of DeMar, DeMar is, like, consistently, the like, guy, right? they're, yeah. they're workhorse. But, like, Keldon Johnson will be 20 and 10 one night. He'll be 4 and 3 the next night and play, like, 15 <laughs> minutes because other guys have it going. Luke, Luka Samanich, I think is his name. Has come yeah. in as well for him. The, the, the Luca number two. <laughs> yeah, Luca, Luca number two. Right. But they just have so many talented players, not elite players. Dejounte Murray is kind of starting to take that step into like, could he be a future All Star kind of talent? He's a nice player, man. He's really nice. But outside of that, it's just a lot of good players. Like Jakob Pertl will be nothing one night and then be seventeen and thirteen like the next night. And like, <laughs> where did that come from? It's like a 15-15 night. Yeah, they're an interesting team because they have a lot of talent. And nobody gets more like more. Um, what's the what's the phrase? Uh, I guess like more more value out of that talent. Yeah. Than, than a guy like Greg Popovich. So always, always has, always has. Greatest coach of all time, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Today's episode of the Parking Lot is brought to you by Tough Apparel. As men, we could all use a little more confidence, whether in our professional or personal lives. 
from liquid repellent and four-way stretch dress shirts to machine washable ties to quality ratchet belts. Tough Apparel gives you the confidence you need to crush whatever comes your way. When you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you overperform in whatever endeavors you pursue. Plus, Tough Apparel was recently on Shark Tank, where they battled in the tank and got a deal with Robert Herjavec. You can get 10% off your order today by using the special one-time code PARKINGLOT in all caps on their website. So, whether you want to excel in the workplace or up your wardrobe game, go to toughapparel.com and see how good confidence can look on you. All right, let's get into our this or that segment. I'm really excited for this. Yeah, this should be good. Yeah, yeah, we, we've talked Are about this. Are you excited this. for that? <laughs> this or uh, that? This. <laughs> just this. Yeah, just this. <laughs> just this. Okay. Just to know. So Kyle's takes for this whole game will all be this. None of them are that. So right. on the left side of the column. So keep that. Yeah. In mind. Does Big yeah. Murata have that aha trademark? <laughs> yeah. Probably. Right. So just to preface this real quick for, for our listeners, we we came up with some names and um together through text, but we don't really know how each of us lean. We tried to like not deep dive into it until tonight. So we know which names we want to talk about, but I'm really curious to hear how you guys fall on, on, on each of these, whatever side of the, the coin you fall. So it should be pretty good. Yeah. And then the first matchup we have, we're going to go through some player matchups that are pretty closely related and we're going to get into some teams as well. But the first one's kind of what like sparked this whole idea. I don't remember who brought it up, but I think it was Stu. And it's a really, really interesting comparison. Uh, LaMelo Ball or John Morant. And I think going into this draft, it was a no brainer slam dunk reigning rookie of the year, you'd want John Morant. Everything LaMelo potentially can do, John Morant does better, right? Uh, all of a sudden, LaMelo is actually like a pretty good three-point shooter and is knocking down three or four a game, and that's kind of Jaw's weakness. So it makes it really, really, really interesting. Um, Logan, why don't you go first? Who do you got, LaMelo or Jaw? I think, yeah, it's, it's tough, but I think I'm sticking with John Morant. Um, I, I think he just, he plays really, like really well there in Memphis and everything. And I know like that three point percentage is like something he needs to work on. Um, but it's so hard. Cause it's like, I want to be like, yeah, but like his assist numbers are so great, but it's like, yeah, but Sorla Mellows, like, like everything that like, yeah. you can kind of say, like for the one, you can kind of say for the other. So I, I'm not really sure like what it is yet. And, um, about exactly why, but I think like you give me the choice. I'm, I'm probably taking jaw long-term. Austin, who you got? I got Lomelo, man. If I'm being completely honest with you, like I really like Jaw, and I and I I, I love um, listening to Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon. I think they do a really good job on their podcast a couple times a week. Podcast a couple times. But Chris Vernon, lo- he's a Memphis guy. He loves John Moran. He's like he's a he's superstar. Like, like he and I'm like I don't know if I I don't know if I buy that man. Like yeah. I don't know if I see John Moran as like the best player. And I, and and we've talked about this a lot like in our in our group, but like. I don't know if I see John Morant as like the number one guy on a, on a championship team. And to be honest, I don't know if I see LaMelo balls at either. I just think LaMelo has so much better of a diverse skill set already as a rookie when it comes to um, scoring the basketball, creating for his teammates, stepping out and shooting threes. Um, I, I just think he has so much better of a, of a diverse game that going forward, I think I'm taking LaMelo long-term for what he can provide for, for my team. Stuart, who you got? Yeah, I think I'm going to take Jaw, 
for a lot of the similar reasons that Austin just said. Okay. Um, but just it. kind of flipped on, flipped on its head. I think because LaMelo already has a lot of those things already established and is basically on the same level as Jaw, I feel like Jaw has more of an upside. Like, I feel like LaMelo's game is already pretty polished in a lot of the ways I think he can, you can improve, quote unquote. And so he can get better at the things he's already great at. But I feel like Jaw, I feel like Jaw can improve his shooting like to the next level. Like, I feel like there's more Jaw can get better at long term than LaMelo can. Man, this is so fascinating because I went into this thinking that it might be a little more kind of clean cut one way or the other. We all might lean like 3 1 4 0, but it's a dead split. I'm going LaMelo. And really? I, I really love Jaw for so long. I love Jaw. I, I still Jaw do. We're, yeah. I love Jaw coming into the draft. I bought a Jaw Morant jersey from China that never got to me. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. a, I'm a fan. I'm a huge Jaw fan. I just think LaMelo legitimately has a higher ceiling. LaMelo's like, blown me away he's a better three-point shooter than i ever thought he'd be especially this early in his career he's a volume guy like he scores 20 consistently halfway through his rookie year he can give you a triple double on any night i think i think his ceiling's just higher than jaw he could be a face of this league kind of good and so as much as i love jaw i i have to go Lamelo. that's 50 50 split this is it's really massive. good it, it's a tough one like I, I i when we were talking about that i was like it's it's really tough like it's like I was looking at some of Jaws' numbers, he's he's shooting twenty three percent from the three point line this year, yeah. and he's been banged up a little bit. Like he hasn't played every game, and 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 Memphis is playing well, and he's at nineteen points a game. Like he gets the basket, almost eight assists. Like he he does a lot of things really well. And I and, I, and Stuart, I can totally understand your your side of it, where you're saying I project that he's going to get better in that area, and so that's totally fair. It's just it's just crazy. Like he's shooting twenty three percent. He shot thirty three percent last year. And Lamelo already is shooting thirty six and a half percent from the three this year at five and a half. Like, it's it's I don't know. Like I don't know if that shot's gonna fall off, man. It looks good. Like when they when the Suns played Charlotte the other day, like he was clean, man. He was so smooth. He was fast. He's agile. He's long. He's big. He rebounds. He passes the ball. He's not selfish. Oof. I I I, I yeah. I think I would take Lamelo going forward, but I, I get both sides of it. It's tough. Yeah. Just quick note before we go to the next name, the end. And I don't think this isn't like sway your argument in either way, but I think something that will be interesting to watch is, um, I mean, right. Cause as right now, Lamelo, he's, he's a shiny new toy, right? Like we're getting to watch like this player, like it's just coming to the league. Like, cause like, I mean, at this time last year, I mean, we're all saying the same stuff about jaw. Like, and you know, yeah. and I even look, I look back like sophomore year, like, they're so it's so different than the rookie year it is um, it is it, it is a completely different game your sophomore year from your rookie year your rookie year you come out you have all the confidence in the world you are like it's all about you like you are there to prove like you're there to get rookie of the year but what happens that second year like that second your sophomore year you don't have that rookie of the year you're playing for anymore like okay like yeah like you want to like win games you want to like still like improve yourself but there's not kind of like those same like accolades that you have in your, you know, in your rookie season. And so um, I think that, it, and I honestly, like, I, I agree. I think it's like dead even, like flip a coin, like you're going to be happy yeah. with either one of those guys. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting to see that like, cause even last year, cause like, for example, Jaws three points sh- shooting last year, 34%. That's yeah. acceptable. It's not great, but it's acceptable, but it's fallen off a little bit this year. And like, would I be surprised to see that like these same numbers 
be what happened to Lamelo next year, like I would not be surprised at all. So sure. just want to like, I was kind of like thinking about that and like seeing the difference between like that sophomore player yeah. and the rookie player and just kind of like trying to compare those two. So sure. Yeah. It's an awesome, it's an awesome debate. Yeah, I also think Jaws, just a, one more quick point. I, I think Jaws athleticism is something that, like, you can't discount. That's one of the main reasons I'm going to it. Because there are things in LaMelo's game I love, but he's never going to jump like Jaw. He's never going to be as fast as Jaw. Like, it's it's just not going to happen. So that's that's my, the real reason I lean Jaw over LaMelo, but it's it's a dead heat, man. I will I'd say – if Jaw finished that dunk over Kevin Love, he probably has my vote. Oh. That's probably the best <laughs> dunk of all time. If he finishes, not the that. other fifteen dunks that he's had that are spectacular, just that Dude, one. The Baines dunk, it's like good, but that Kevin Love dunk, <laughs> if he would have finished it, is right up there with with Vince Carter's Olympic dunk. You know, sure. I mean, it's one of the best of all time. All right, next one, and this should be <laughs> this should be a quick hitter. Uh, Devin Booker or Donovan Mitchell? The age old age old comparison. Uh, I think that's about 30 seconds. Uh, Austin. I'm taking my guy D book, baby. Logan. Yeah. Same here. Stewart. Donovan Mitchell. No, it, it's <laughs> Booker. It's D book. I mean, who's dating, who's dating Kendall Jenner? Like, let's just leave. <laughs> and I, I got to give Mitchell credit though. He's had a really good year. And at a certain point in this season, I think Donovan was having a better season than Booker. And I think it's evened out. Yeah. Like they're very comparable players. Like, they're very comparable. I think Donovan's really made huge strides in his game and like they're both really, really good players, but I just trust Devin Booker more like in a big moment playoff series, fourth quarter. So, yeah. Um, all right. This one should be fun because they're different types of players, but they play the same position and are both in the MVP conversation right now. And that is Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid. <laughs> Um, let's start this bad boy man i yeah, have no was... idea which way to go on this. kyle kyle you start us off kyle oh no problem i was the biggest Jokic hater if you if you know me well you know i hated Nikola Jokic his first couple years in the league i thought the dude was so overweight so out of shape i thought he was super overrated and he's shut me up like time after time he's unbelievable one of the best offensive centers passing big men you name it like he's just a historic player he'll he'll be one of the greatest centers to ever play i think um incredibly fun to watch um i just think because of Embiid's, and this is no knock on Embiid's game he's been a different animal this year i think he's been the better player this year but with all the injury concern and i feel like i feel like his concentration kind of waxes and wanes a little bit i think this point in time, who I would rather have going forward is Jokic. And it's close because I do think Embiid's like higher up on the MVP ladder this season, for example. But I think overall evaluating player to player, I'd go Jokic. Austin, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at their numbers right now. It is unbelievable for centers what they're doing this year. It is – Yeah. It's they're Those two guys almost like – I want to say single-handedly, but like double-handedly, like both of them together, like they are bringing back like the value of the center position because these teams have, like if you're a team in the Eastern or Western conference with those guys in it, like you need to have a player who can like match up. Like 
you look at um, you look at like the Brooklyn Nets, like as, as awesome as they are, like the biggest threat is playing a guy like Joel Embiid and just having no answer and not being able to stop him. Um, and, and they're that good where they're causing, like they're causing teams to have to try to revamp and figure things out. I think, I think I'm going Joel Embiid still right now. I just think he's so dominant. And I think what edges me out with Embiid versus Jokic is that in a playoff series, I think that Embiid's defense is so much better than Jokic's. And so down the stretch, I would rather have a guy on the court that I feel like I can keep on the court than maybe Jokic like at the end of late games where it's like his defense is, is not good interiorly. And so it hurts like you on switches, it hurts you. And so I think I'd go Embiid at this point, but I feel silly even saying that looking at Jokic's numbers, it's, it's just mind boggling. I mean, there's guys. no wrong answer here. There's yeah. truly no wrong answer. They're two elite yeah. centers. Um, yeah. Yeah. So far we're split. Logan, who do you got? Yeah, Kyle, I think I'm with you. I think I'm taking Jokic. Um, and I was kind of right there with you. Like, I wasn't, like, his biggest fan early. But um, I value his playmaking over Embiid's defense. Like, and obviously, like, those, like, those two things aren't comparable. You know, like, that's trying to compare apples to oranges, you know. Um, yeah. But I, to me, I just, the way, like, the way that, Jokic like sees the floor and the way that he can pass and like the precision he has that with and it's just unreal and even though like I know like and like Embiid is just such a monster defensively like and he can you know he gets the blocks he gets all that kind of stuff um I yeah like long term I'd rather have Jokic who can basically who you you can run your offense through and then have all these guys that can like help shoot around him and everything um so, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, I take Jokic. All right, Stu, you're the, you're the deciding vote here. Who do you got? I feel like I'm the de facto go-to for big men. <laughs> I love me, love me some big men. Make my power forward 6'10". Make my center 7'2". <laughs> I want big men. Um, I'm going to give Austin credit here. It was Austin's idea for this segment because we're going to split down the middle again. Really? Joel Embiid going with the going with the big guy, Joel Embiid. The reason he's taken a step this year is because in the past couple of years, he's been over reliant on the three point shot. And this year he's decided I'm I can still shoot threes if you're going to leave me open, but I'm going to take the ball inside. I'm going to bang down low and I'm going to dominate the paint different than any other big men in this league can do. And I'm going to come back on the other end of the floor and block your shot into the third row. Like on both ends of the floor, I'm taking Joel. He's, he's bringing, like Austin said, he's bringing the seven footers back. He's bringing big men back. Screw analytics. (laughs) Give me my two seven footers. Let's go, Joel. I love it. I love it. 50, 50, man. This is fun. This is good. Um, All right. These next couple, we're going to kind of move through a little bit quicker. Um, and there's some good comparisons here, but uh, let's see. We got Fred Van Vliet or De'Aaron Fox. Um, Logan, you're the uh, you're the resident Van Vliet. I wonder fan. which one you're going, Logan. Which uh, <laughs> who who are you taking? And you got to be you got to be objective here. Like I know you're a big Van Vliet fan, but who would you rather yeah. going forward? That's tough. Because you're right, like I am 100. Like I, I love Van Vliet. Um, 
but the thing is like if i'm like you know starting a team or you know i'm drafting a team like whatever it is you know like if you're giving me the option of those two guys i love Van Vliet as like a second option but i think De'Aaron fox can be your number one like i think he's that good so even though i love Van Vliet, i would probably take De'Aaron fox as much as i like that pains me to say like yeah I, I did the same thing. I ordered a jersey from China for Fred Van Vliet. Never got here. Like he's <laughs> like, I love, I love Freddie V. Uh, for DHK. But, <laughs> DHK. Uh, but I like given the the choice between those two, I I'm probably taking Darren Fox honestly. Stuart, who you got? Hey, you guys know who is taken just ahead of Darren Fox in the same draft, same position? Lonzo Ball. <laughs> I ordered a jersey from China. Never got here. Lonzo Ball jersey. Um, I didn't realize um, that. We all have these like <laughs> terrible like Chinese shipping stories. Bring us shout together. out to Gate, like you're saying. Um, uh, I think mm, this one, this one's tough. But I think for similar reasons with the Joel Embiid thing, even though Fred Midley's not a bad defender, I think De'Aaron Fox has more potential on the defensive end just because of his athleticism and speed, and he's a little bit bigger than Van Vliet, I think I would go with De'Aaron Fox. With Austin? I'm going Van Vliet here, guys. I, uh, I, I, De'Aaron Fox is having a really good year. Um, like his, his numbers look really good. I just I, I continue to worry about his shooting. Um, he's just not that great of a shooter. And like if I'm building a team and I'm trying to figure out what I want, like – having him just not being able to shoot consistently, like I think really hurts. And so I think I would go Van Fleet here just because I, I know what he brings me. Like he's so consistent. He, he shows up every night. He's got the chance to go for 30 or go for 40 on a night and really like spark plug your team. Um, he's not as big, like he's not as fast. He's not as athletic as De'Aaron Fox, but like he's a solid defender. He's, he's just a smart basketball player. I think, I think I would go safe here and take Van Fleet long-term. Yeah, and to your credit, I mean, it, it's it's hardly even it's hard to even call it a safe pick because he did have that game this year where he had forty two going into the fourth quarter or something. Yeah, that was insane. An insane output of scoring. So like he he still has a relatively high ceiling like night to night. But I'm gonna go I'm gonna go De'Aaron Fox. I think his speed's kind of game changing and he can really break down a defense. And I'd love to see some some better pieces around him. I'm excited for the Tyrese Halliburton backcourt maybe long term that that's what that's gonna look like. But yeah. Let me just ask a quick question about De'Aaron Fox. Um, that we obviously that we were talking about Sacramento earlier, that situation is really tough. They have some good players though. Like that team shouldn't they be do. as bad as they are. And that's why I think the coaching, what we talked about is going to be a problem, but I'm curious to know, like if there's a certain team or situation where you think Fox, you'd get the most out of Fox. Like what, like what does he need around him? Like what kind of situation would like, I, 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 I'm kind of springing on springing this on you guys, but is there any situation where like you could put Fox into a certain situation? It'd be like, like it's just an explosion of like production and success for him. I don't know if that makes well, sense. Hold that thought actually. Cause I'm, okay. I want to get into them as a team comparison and we can. Spring oh, okay. Okay. Them. But yeah, I think it's a great point. Cause I okay. think it, it's really interesting. Um, okay. We got two more player comps real quick that we want to go through. Um, ben Simmons or Jalen Brown. I personally am partial to Jalen Brown. I, I've always been a big Jalen Brown fan. I think he's kind of like a mini Kawhi uh, without maybe some of the polish that Kawhi has, but he does a lot of the same things. Not incredibly flashy, but just a really, really good two-way player. 
And Ben Simmons just has too many glaring holes in this game. Ben Simmons is so polarizing. He's an elite, elite defender, an elite distributor, and such a porous, terrible shooter. And it's just, it's so polarizing. So I'm going to go with the guy that is just really, really solid two ways. I'm going to go Jalen Brown. Stuart, who would you go with? I just, all the things you said about Ben Simmons are true. I just can't get over that you can play the guy at all five positions. Sure. Like I, on both ends of the floor and like, I, it's just too versatile for me. Like I, I'm the big man guy, but I think in certain situations, like having a guy who you can just plug in anywhere and say, go, I think is, is too invaluable for me. So I think I'd go Ben Simmons. That's good. That's good analysis. Logan. Um, yeah, I'm trying to like, it, and it's tough because like uh, like these last couple of names like it, it's hard to like compare these guys because like they sometimes like they have just like such complete different games you know and I know we're not sure. just trying to compare you know position to position you know we're trying to like you know quantify you know there's different quantifiables you can look at these players with um, but I think just like you know given the choice I think I was Stu I think I'd probably take Ben Simmons um, even though like I've not been his biggest fan over the last couple of years um, mainly because he can't shoot the ball when you're playing a game where you have to shoot the ball. Um, but his defense and, and I honestly think that like, if he was on a team that didn't have as much scoring, I think he could get to the rim at will. Like, I think he could just like, he can just like power his way in and he can get that layup. Like anytime he wants to, he just kind of chooses not to, I think. Um, and he chooses, you know, to make that extra pass to like play extra hard on defense and things like that. So I'd probably take Ben Simmons. Austin, I really want to split this. I really do. And like, I went back and forth on this one, probably more than any other one, but I think I'm going to stick with Ben Simmons and not to nail it in. I just will say about Ben Simmons, like he's, I mean, he is a legit, legit great defender. Like he should definitely be in the top two, three of defensive player of the year voting when it comes to defensive player of the year. He is fantastic. He's so big and fast and long and he plays so hard on that end of the floor. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if he gets enough credit. Like I know he gets talked about now, but he's he's a special defender. I want to split it, but I, I would take Ben Simmons. So real quick, as quick tangent as far as defensive players, I don't know if you saw NBA.com put out their top five defenders at this point. <laughs> I in the season. saw this. You guys see number five? I, I did. Jamal Murray. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about it. I. It was over Giannis. I don't think Embiid was on that list. I mean, well, Michael Bridges had been on that list the week previous. He was number five um, at one point, and yikes. I don't know why he got bumped for Jamal Murray. I don't know what he did to. I think Jamal's improved as a defender, but top five defender in the league, like they're one of the yeah, worst. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the in the NBA, man. Right, and on NBA.com too. The whole thing was just weird. I'm like, how much did his agent pay for them to put that up there? But. <laughs> Um, okay, next next comp, and let's run through this one real quick. This was a fun one, but let's try to yeah. push through it. Um, Christian Wood or Jeremy Grant? Um, Stu, why don't you start us off? I know you're big. Um, Christian Wood. I would have liked either one of them in in free agency, but I'm going to go with Jeremy Grant just because I think he has more defensive potential. Again, yeah. I think on both sides of the ball, I would go Jeremy Grant. Awesome. I would take Jeremy Grant as well. Logan? Christian Wood. I, I think he's awesome. I think that he has shown how good he can really be. I think he can be a double-double that shoots 40%, and I'll take that all day. Like, I, I thought that 
um, the the season he started having in Houston was unreal. Like he he was the one that like got them like into like contention to like where they were, you know, like winning games. It was one hundred percent because of it. And the moment yeah. that Houston lost him, they've lost thirteen in a row. Um, mm-hmm. so I I I take Wood. I think he's fantastic. Yeah, I think they're both good. I'm going to go Jeremy Grant. I like Jeremy Grant's versatility. Um, and he's kind of proven to be a little more of like a late-game closer, which is a really interesting development in his career. So both good players, but I'm going to go with Jeremy Grant. So 3-1 with Ben Simmons over Jalen Brown and 3-1 Jeremy Grant over Christian Wood um, and a couple splits along the way. But let's let's do a couple team comps here before we get into the All-Star game cool. and some of the uh, um, festivities and some of our projections for that. Um, and so Austin, you were, you were mentioning the Kings, yes. you're mentioning the Aaron Fox. I really wanted to break down what team you'd rather be, let's say GM of going forward. Um, or I guess what team you'd rather have a leadership role in of any kind. Okay. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Sacramento Kings. Oh, that's a good one. I think I would take Austin. I want you to start us off. Cause you were just talking about De'Aaron Fox. We'll get into him maybe like in another, like a, throwing him on a different team, for example. Sure. Because sure. we just talked Ben Simmons, and I think Ben Simmons, like, that's why the Houston trade was interesting with James Harden to Philly, yeah. because I thought Ben Simmons would be fun to watch him have the keys to the car on right. a Houston offense, put up numbers. So we can we can get into that with De'Aaron Fox as far as what other situation would you like to see him in. But let's compare team to team here where the Cavs are right now versus where the Kings are right now. Which team do you think has a brighter future, and which team would you rather have a leadership position in? So I personally would rather have the Sacramento Kings. Um, okay. I really think that they're just, I think that they're such a mess head coaching wise. Personally, I think Luke Walton was a terrible mistake from the get go. Um, I've never been a big fan of Luke Walton as a head coach. Um, and the reason why I would take, I would take Sacramento is because I think that you could trade a couple of these guys like Buddy Heald. And I think they still have value. Um, and you could get back young players or picks going forward, especially with like Halliburton as a rookie who's playing really well right now. I think you have some good pieces, and I think that you could move some some guys to get future assets that would be good to build with. And so that's probably the direction I would go. Okay. Logan, what about you? Um, between Cleveland and Sacramento, I, I'm taking Sacramento as well. Um, Tyrese Halliburton was like my number one guy I wanted out of the draft. Like he was like one of my, my top prospects, um, like for, for whichever team got him. And the fact that he fell that low was crazy, but I love Tyrese Halliburton. And I think him and Fox as a backcourt is so intriguing. And I think would be, is going to be awesome to watch. Um, I think, you know, there've been some issues with fits of different people and everything, but like you look up and down that roster, like there's a lot of names I like, like I think Rashawn Holmes has had, like he's been great since going to Sacramento. Like I really like him. I love yeah. Fox. I love uh, Tyrese Halliburton. So I would rather take them than Cleveland. Um, I'm not as high on the young core of Cleveland than I am for Sacramento. So that would be why. Stuart. So you asked two questions there. I think you asked who has a brighter future and who would I want to take over? I think my answers are different. Okay. I think. I think Sacramento has a brighter future. Um, I think they have a lot of really, really nice young pieces. I think that the core foundation there is better, but I think Cleveland has more blow it up potential 
to where I can just feel like I can just restart and and rebuild with a couple core pieces. I feel like Andre Drummond, you can you're gonna buy out and 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 Kevin Love, I think, is a good transition piece. Like you gotta pay him for the next couple of years, but I feel like if I'm stepping into a new situation that I still want that kind of veteran leader on my roster that who's won a couple titles and who I can still stick in the starting lineup and play. Um, so I, I wouldn't want to just run it completely into a shit show like Sacramento, if that makes sense. And I feel like Cleveland has a couple guys I can, I can kind of lean on and trust to, to move forward with. See, I'm glad you took that perspective because I, I'm kind of going to go the same way. I think that the backcourt, if you just go backcourt to backcourt, I'd rather have De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton over Colin Sexton. Sex, I mean, Sexland. Sexland, Sexland, man. (laughs) Over Sexland. Uh, over Garland and Sexton. So I think just backcourt wise, I like Sacramento's backcourt better, but you have to take into account the other pieces. And so for me, I think I'm going to go Cleveland, not because I love Isaac Okoro, but I, I wasn't a huge fan of his out of the draft, but like, he's still a, a good young piece. I like Jared Allen. I think I would stick with Sexton and try to move Garland. Um, they're just both two small point guards, but for similar reasons Stu. I think those are a couple pieces that I can really build around and I have a lot of tradable assets outside of just Garland and some of these other centers. JaVale is going to probably be moved once Kevin Love's contract starts to shrink a little bit. You got a year, year and a half left on it. Maybe you can move him. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go Cleveland, even though I do like the backcourt of um, Sacramento better. But before we go to the next team, Austin, did you want to shout out somewhere you'd love to see hypothetically? Yeah, um, I, Fox. I don't know if I have a specific team in mind. I was, that's why I was curious to hear your guys' thoughts, but I don't, that's what I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I'd want him to go. Cause he has the reins. He has all the opportunities in the world to be successful in Sacramento. I just don't know. Like, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I don't know how you get them. Like, how do you get him from going like 22 points a game to like 26 and like this awesome defense and, and elite scoring. And I, I just don't know how you get him to take the next step. Like what situation does that look like? I like him. This just came to my head. I like him in Chicago. I think he could help them mm-hmm. take, the, take the next step um, to being like a mid-tier playoff team instead of kind of fighting for that up, upsurge. They, they need another another piece. But next to Zach Levine, that'd be cool. Really exciting backcourt. Um, he is better on the defensive end than Zach Levine is, so he can fill in there. And I think they got some nice bigs. I think I'd like to see him next to Zach Levine. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, okay, next team, and this is our last this or that comparison. Um, Pelicans, New Orleans Pelicans, or the Memphis Grizzlies. It's kind of the one and two of last year's draft. Zion or Jaw obviously headlined this, but I think it's really interesting because you have a lot of ancillary pieces around both of them. Um, so I'll lead this one, I think – um, obviously in Memphis, you have, um, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, who's a nice complimentary piece, Brandon Clark. They've drafted really well. Desmond Bain. Um, I know they're like NBA Twitter's draft Twitter's darlings. Cause they draft these like guys that analytics just absolutely love. Uh-huh. I think, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. I hate some of the pieces in new Orleans. Um, like Eric Bledsoe. I don't hate Steven Adams, but I just don't understand the direction they're going. We've been really clear about that. But with all the picks they got back for Drew Holiday, 
I just think that they're loaded. I think Zion's he's shown that he's a consistent 25 a game guy. And if he can kind of get back to that defense from Duke, I like Nikhil Alexander Walker. Um, they've just got so many young pieces, obviously Brandon Ingram. And with all those picks, I think I have to go new Orleans. Um, but Logan, who do you got between those two? Yeah. Um, so I think I would take, uh, Ah, uh, yeah, that's really hard. Honestly, though, I think I'd probably go Memphis, mainly because I think it'd be more interesting to work with that core. Because um, I look, I look at New Orleans, and it's like you're right; like they've got, they have Zion, they have a, a billion draft picks, and they have good young players. Like, like you can, I feel like they kind of already like have like what they need. And so, if and I don't, you know, and we're not saying this is exactly like, oh, you're the GM, like like who you're taking but like if that's the kind of like take that i'm like using i think it'd be i I, i'd love to like take that grizzlies roster and like build around jaw jaron jackson jr brandon clark and you know desmond bay and i love the young guys they've drafted drafted over the last couple years they're so young i think it'd be so fun to like find like the you know the couple vet pieces a few like those good role players and turn this into just like a really really good like team basketball team um whereas with new orleans i think it's gonna be you know it's zion and another guy and then you know the the pieces around them i think it'd be really fun to like build around that team aspect in memphis so i'd probably go memphis if i'm being honest and you and chris vernon would be great friends man you guys really <laughs> and that's just, like i i yeah whenever like he like he's he's, he's like a memphis homer and like i'm definitely like not like the biggest memphis fan but i just think it'd be fun I'll just mess with you. I agree. They're close. Yeah. Stuart, who do you got? I would take New Orleans and fire Stan Van Gundy tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my first act in charge is to be fu- to fire Stan Van Gundy um, and probably hire Lloyd Pierce. Lloyd Pierce. Um, <laughs> but I, I love me some Lonzo Ball. I, I still believe in Lonzo. I think he's got incredible court vision, the likes of which I – don't think I've ever seen before the way he just finds players in transition and can just move the ball forward him and Zion. Oh, I think the potential there is just phenomenal. Um, I would move Bledsoe. Um, he'd probably send out another tweet in a barbershop um, right. as soon as I got hired, but um, I'd find a place for Bledsoe. I like Jackson Hayes. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential going forward. Um, like you said, Nikhil Alexander Walker, I think they've got a nice, nice, really quiet young pieces under their like core young pieces um, that I think are, are really, really nice. So I, I think I would take New Orleans and, and run with it. Austin, deciding vote. Who you got? Yeah, I'm taking New Orleans. Just give me Zion Williamson and we'll call it a day, man. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. He's so special, man. He's unbelievable. Give me Zion. Give me uh, give me the reins to the keys to actually build the team correctly, man. Put some shooting around that guy. Yeah, I, I'm taking I'm taking New Orleans in, in a heartbeat, yeah. man. Yeah, that's gonna be a fun one to watch over the next couple of years um, as those teams yeah. develop and we we watch their trajectories. But no, uh, but now answer, answer answer me this though: who's got the who's got the cooler jerseys, Memphis or New Orleans? I mean, oh, it's not New Orleans, man. Jeez, Memphis, those things no, are it's Memphis. It's yeah. Memphis. So I'll I'll take Memphis. You guys, 
You guys have fun in Zion. We'll make some cool jerseys in Memphis. It'll be great. It'll be fun. Yeah, they're never going to get here, though. They're going to get lost in the mail. <laughs> so. Bro, I've got a heart for those New Orleans jerseys. You guys can shut up. I, lo- <laughs> I love those. I love the symbols, bro. I'm all with it, man. But no, New Orleans is not going to be fun to watch with Stan Van Gundy coaching that team, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, those New Orleans jerseys look like my old Weebelos uniform dude. <laughs> <laughs> so scouting days. There on the court yeah. <laughs> oh man all right so all-star festivities this weekend is it all happening in one night it's I know all, the one dunk night. Con- all one night right so dunk contest is at halftime is a three-point shootout before the game i assume yeah skills contest as well um yeah. does anyone have a list can someone pull up a list of I got a list written down. I wrote down all the contestants, so I can read them out to you or however you want to go through it. Sure, yeah. Read out the. Let's start with the three-point contest um, because those are all all all-stars, are they not? They are all all all-stars, correct. Yeah. Okay. So guys are going to be playing. One injury replacement and a bunch of (laughs) all-stars. Oh, that's too too far. That was a jab. (laughs) All righty. Let me go through the list, and then we'll uh, we'll break it down. So uh, Devin Booker. Stephen Curry, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine, and Donovan Mitchell. Kind of a short list. Usually it's a little bit longer. Yeah, I just mean, six guys. Just six. Two of those guys have won it before, and Stephen Booker, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I think, obviously, Steph, for me, is the favorite, but my dark horse is Jalen Brown, and I've got a soft spot for Jalen Brown. But, yeah. dude, when he's locked in, it, his shot is automatic. So, yeah. I'm excited. I think that'll be a, it's a, it's a really good lineup. You don't yeah, have any like random Jason Capono's or even <laughs> no no offense to Joe Harris, but like these are all like legitimate all stars. So yeah, yeah, competitive um, guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Kyle I thought we were talking about the three point contest a little earlier on the Ben Simmons versus Jalen Brown take, <laughs> and that's why he went with Jalen Brown. Yeah, my guy. That's why um, I too early. <laughs> Um, I'm not going with Devin Booker, that's for sure. He can't hit an open three-point jumper this year to save his life. Yeah, it's been tough. Um, everything's off the dribble for him if it's going in. Um, I think I'm going to go with Zach Levine. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a really that's good one. to be fun. Locked in this year. But I agree, Steph's the favorite. Yeah, hey, I mean, that's just many, How many dunk contests and three-point winners, like, together have there been? Like, would he be one of the first to, like, win both? Like, that'd be pretty cool. Zach Levine's story. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. That's interesting. Yeah. Unless Nate Robinson ever won a three-point contest. <laughs> or Dwight Howard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about – Or Sorry, keep going. What about the skills competition? Yeah, let me read the list. Let me read the list here. So you got Robert, Robert Covington, who I think is the only all-star, if I'm not mistaken, besides the dunk contest, who's like in – um, one of the the challenges, but Robert Wait, Covington is not an all star. No, yeah, he. I think he's the only non all star. Oh, that's what besides you're the dunk contest. Sorry, yes, gotcha. gotcha. Yes, so you have Robert Covington, you got Luka Doncic, Chris Paul, Julius Randle, Demontis Sabonis, and Nikola Vucevic. Ooh, who are you taking? Ooh, the big men have had kind of a nice run in the skills challenge over the last yeah. couple. Of years. Yeah. I think it's going to end, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've, they've snuck up a lot. I feel like this is one of those, like when Dinwiddie won it, I was I was like, that was my guy. I think I even put some money on Dinwiddie to win that. 
Oh, for skills. real? They, they, you can you can bet for that because that's dude, that's wild, man. That's awesome. You totally can. They have odds on everything, but I think it's really like it's not a hundred percent, but it kind of comes down to like the guys that really want it. Yeah, it does. Because some people just like Chris Paul's not going to take it seriously. There's no this way. This is his fifth time in the skills competition. Yeah, like he's just going to loaf around. Like he could care less if he gets knocked out in the first round. I think probably prefer it. <laughs> yeah. But Covington doesn't strike me as like a young, hungry, like wants to prove something like a Dinwiddie was. Are any of those guys, do any do any of those guys strike you as like they have something to prove and they're going to, this is their shot to kind of show people that they can win a trophy at All-Star Weekend? I think Julius Randle's probably the biggest one that fits that category for me. I, like I, I like could that. see him just like, you know, like all Knicks fans are so hyped right now. Like <laughs> he's the skills champion taking it back home to New York. Like, we're fifth in the East. We got a skills champion on our team. Like I, I could see, I could see him really wanting it and fighting for it. I'll say this. If Julius wins the skills challenge and Obi wins the dunk contest, <laughs> New York might just explode. Like the ball's not going <laughs> to drop next year. Cause it's going to have just literally blown up in like a million pieces. <laughs> um, Logan, what are your thoughts on the skills challenge? Do you have any? Um, yeah, think? I, I, I think the big man have just been I've been doing so well. I think it's gonna be Sabonis. I mean, he almost won it. I think last year. I think yeah, he, was, he had a good year. He, huh? It was was it between him and Bam? Were they the last two? I know Bam um, won it. So he made it, yeah, it would have been Sabonis. I, I think it. I think it might have been them in the final two. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm going Sabonis. I um I think that the I don't know. They're like they're they're reaching everything. I just, I just think it helps. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna stick with the big guy. I like it. I like it. Any other thoughts before we jump to the slam dunk competition? So dunk contest, we've got three contestants confirmed. Is that all we're getting? I think that's all we're getting, man. Yeah. Always had four. It's just so random. I don't, the dunk contest has been such a staple of all-star weekend. I can speak for myself, but it's kind of been my favorite event of all-star weekend growing up. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised what a letdown what a snooze fest this year's is i think the yeah. winner for me might be like my pillow or like a bag of chips or something because i'm just gonna zone out like I- i'm excited for obi i guess i don't know yeah. much about it- it's cassius oh stanley. go ahead austin you stanley name the three yeah yeah so you have anthony simons from from the portland trailblazers you have obi Toppin, rookie mm-hmm. from the new york knicks yeah. and cassius stanley who i don't know how many minutes he plays for the indiana facers <laughs> He's also a rookie, though. Okay, so he's I, a rookie. Get it? I've seen some of his tape, and he looks exciting. I think it's kind of like the Derrick Jones Jr. Like, who is this guy? Is he even playing NBA minutes? But yeah. he can dunk. okay, I just don't know anything about him. So <laughs> yeah, I yeah. just can't believe that's the best they could have done. Anthony, Simon, I just don't think people want to do it, man. I think uh, it's I think it's got soured on. Like last year was so controversial, and like Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, like Aaron Gordon's like, I'm done with this, man. Like I keep coming back for it. Like I just don't know if guys like are lining like. I don't think guys are lining up wanting to compete in it anymore. Like, I think it's guys who like, are trying ruined, to make a name for themselves. Did D-Wade ruin the dunk contest? I, I just think it – I mean, yeah, maybe. I think it's just so controversial now. I think people, like, don't want to put themselves out there. Yeah. I, I heard what they were actually doing was they weren't doing a dunk contest. They were doing – because it's on TNT, they were doing a Who He Play For segment. <laughs> oh, with, with Shaq and seeing if he could guess these three guys and, and figure out where they play. Show, show Shaq a picture of Dame Lillard and be like, what's his first name? Oh. <laughs> Did you guys see that segment? Is it Thomas? Like, oh, um, oh, so that's, so I will say like, so I actually, like, I've, 
I've, you know, I'm a big Dame, like Damian Lillard fan. So I've, you know, tried to watch as much Portland as I can. I actually really like Anthony Simons. He does not like get up very high. Like, I don't understand like why they're pushing for this like small point guard who can like, yeah, can he dunk? Like, yeah, he can dunk, but he does like, he can't like throw it down. Like these other two guys can, like, I, I have no clue. And I could be totally blown away. Like, this weekend like he could be like way better than I'm giving credit for like I've never seen him like throw down or anything so this seems really yeah really weird like really just like disappointing um the fact that they couldn't get anyone except outside of a sophomore and two rookies and like yeah super like just kind of like real bummer like just kind of makes you question like what's going on and that could be the strategy, by the way, is that you just add some players in who like aren't big names, but show up and, and look really good and kind of bring some hype back when people aren't expecting it. And then next year, guys are like, okay, like, yeah, there's some kind of like refound hype into this. Like, I kind of want to throw my name in the in the bucket. Like, it could be just a, an option to try to like, all of our expectations are low. And so they come out and they look good. And it's like, oh, that was a lot better than I thought. I, I could see his recording next week and be like, there were some pretty cool dunks. I was not expecting that, you know, and kind of re re revamping and re um, like hydrating in a sense, the, the, the dunk contest. I just feel like yeah. Anthony Simons is the third best dunker on his team. I'm watching <laughs> them play the Warriors right now. Uh-huh. Derek Jones Jr. is obviously a slam dunk contest winner. Dame's been in it. Even like Nasir Little. I'm like, I just feel like there's so many other guys I'd rather watch on his own team than him. But I could be wrong. I'm, I'm probably going to go Obi. Yeah. But maybe I'm just Same. partial to New York. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I go Obi as well. Yeah. Can, can we it, like sign a petition to get Boban Marjanovic to to participate? Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> Him and Tom will fall. Dude, that would be my pick, but I'm gonna go Obi as well. Dude, did you yeah. guys see John Wick with Boban in it? I think it was the third one. I haven't seen it. I've just seen highlights of him, like of some of his He's acting good. stuff. Yeah, that's what I said. Good. I was telling I was telling my wife, I'm like no, he plays for the Mavericks. Like he's an NBA player. She's like, "What?" <laughs> like, yeah, he's. This isn't his like full time gig. Like, I know he's pretty professional, but like, that's a that's an NBA player. <laughs> yeah, it was. He was good in that. Um, okay, let's let's go All Star game real quick before we wrap up. Um, team LeBron versus Team Durant. They get picked tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, I'm the, looking forward to that actually. Yeah, it's gonna be kind yeah. of fun. I like how they draft teams this way. Um, so we can't really do much analysis before they pick the teams, but um, it sounds like Durant is still going to pick the team, even though he's not going to be playing in the game, um, which is a little bit interesting, but you guys like the format, Logan, what, what were your thoughts? Yeah. I, one thing I do hope that is slightly different than last year, because last year LeBron and Giannis basically picked East and West outside of like two players, yeah. like outside of like two yeah. players, it was East versus West. So I really hope that like it's it's a little more mixed this year, just because like it's you know it that way it doesn't feel like it's the same as like every other year, you know, like to see a team that has and it's weird, yeah, because Katie's not actually playing, you know, but like you know to get like Luca playing with Embiid and you know Jason Tatum and Kyrie, or you know, just like I just want to see it like diversify a little bit more in between their conferences um yeah just because i think that'll be more exciting to see more players like on the different teams and everything rather than just east and west because that's kind of how it was last year and it was 
still an awesome game. I will say that I love the new format that they made where you have the, like the point total that it's the first to reach this point total. Um, It makes it way more exciting. Like last year's was so fun to watch. So I, I really hope that like that is kept for this year and like that we have like that same kind of anticipate, like it makes it more of an actual game by the end of it. So honest question. Is there any way Rudy Gobert is not the last pick? I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to dog on the guy. What does Rudy Gobert do in an all-star game? Guards yeah. can make like crazy step backs. Even Jokic can make like flashy passes. People want to go for big dunks. What does Gobert do? He just set, set like a hard screen. It's like, yeah, oh, he, he's an all-star go, screen. Yeah, I actually heard that like he was talking to some media and he was like, he was like, yeah, I want to set the record for the most screen assists in the all-star game of all time. <laughs> like he's really gunning for it. And so like, if you draft Rudy Gobert, like he's going to be setting tons of screens for you. And um, it's pretty impactful, man. So it's winning, it's winning basketball kind of stuff for Rudy Gobert. So yeah, I, I can't wait. That's why I'm tuning in for sure. <laughs> oh man, Rudy Gobert. Did you guys see, by the way, so Joel and B went off tonight for Philadelphia and they're like, they're like, man, yeah. it's just one, they're one defensive center away from winning a championship. <laughs> Just dog on Rudy Gobert because they couldn't stop Joel and V. I thought it was pretty funny, but oh, it's funny. I'm sorry. If I wanted to avoid COVID blowing up in my face from having an All Star game, I would have made sure that Rudy Gobert was not invited. <laughs> uh, yikes, Poor Rudy, Rudy man. Um. But quickly, like, if you were a team captain, who would be, like, from an entertainment standpoint, like, the first player you would take? Reserves I'd probably go Kyrie. Okay. Just in general. I guess starters, yeah. Just if, if you just want entertainment value from a player, I'm probably going to go Kyrie. I think he still, like, provides the most potentially entertaining moments. Like, he could drop anyone at any moment, like he did to Brandon Knight in that game so many years ago. Um but what about you guys? Is there one player that's like, oh, he's that that's who you'd want to watch in the all-star game more than anyone who can just kind of put on a show. Give me Steph. Steph yeah. will put on a show. It doesn't matter what he's doing. I love watching that man play basketball. Yeah. yeah. So, and I'd, I'd love for Katie's first pick to be Steph. I think that would just be awesome. Be Even awesome. though Katie's not playing, like I want, like I want his first pick. Like, yeah, I'm going to take Curry. Like I'd love that. So cool. yeah, he'd be my pick. Yeah, give me Giannis, man. That guy is just—he's so fast and athletic, and just can dunk on anybody. I, I take Giannis, man. That guy is so fun to watch, and he's like as great as he is to watch. Like in game, he's—I think—in some ways even more entertaining in an all-star game. Like just running up and down the court, he—he he takes one dribble from like his his end of the court to the other end of the court. Like he's awesome. I would take Giannis. Yeah, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. I'm going to go Giannis as well, but I'm also going to go Devin Booker off the bench. That dude's going to win All-Star MVP. Don't piss him off. <laughs> yeah, he's got some. I would love if, I would love if like one of the Suns like went for it. It wouldn't be Chris Paul, but if Devin Booker like wanted to go for it, it'd be pretty cool to see him see him go off. I do think LeBron will take him after backing him up on Twitter the other night. I just feel like that. But KD loves him too. I can see KD grabbing him earlier than people would think. That's true. That both they both have a ton of respect for him. They both really cool. like Devin Booker, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. So that game's on Sunday. Um, we will be back to break that down probably early next week. Um, just a couple more games to go before the All Star break. Uh, this is a tight game. Portland Golden State's going on right now. It's been a fun couple nights of basketball. With a lot of close games. 
lot of fun games. The season's really rounding into form. Um, after the all-star break, we're headed into the trade deadline and then playoffs are just around the corner. So it's going to get crazy. Um, buckle up and yeah, we'll break that down early next week, but thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you guys soon.